What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Dave, Dave, Dave. Insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. Precisely. No. No. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPGs have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You are listening to the Game Source Podcast. And it is time indeed for the Game Source Podcast number 129. This is Gerald, better known as Yes, Elvis Lives, and I'm here today with the author. Well, and I hope you got the book already, because I'm telling you, it's a it's a very 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 good read. It went on sale for a dollar on the Kindle, and also as well the Nook. And shame on you if you didn't get that deal. Uh, but it is still at a great price. It is Vendetta Dark, the novel, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Josh Peterson, is here. How are you, sir? Good, good. How are you guys doing tonight? Well, I'm I'm doing good. Um, it's right now we're in kind of a lull because uh, there's you know nothing going on right now. Pretty much in the industry, it's kind of quiet. Um, I guess gearing up for the storm between uh, well, number one, uh, PAX, uh, I know it's coming up, and then also number two is if you see right here, uh, the GameStop Expo. Uh, it's coming back to Las Vegas, and uh, actually, we just found out today that we're actually uh, been granted uh, access, press access to it. So we are very, very pleased that we got press access uh, for the event, and we're just, uh, uh, you know, deciding on drawing straws on who actually will be uh, going to it. So, and uh, I'm working on some other things as well. You know, if you get a chance today to check out the the Retro City Games and V page at uh, yourgamesource.com. Doug from the owner, one of the owners of Retro City Games. He he shared his thoughts on Roving Rogue, and then uh, here in a little bit, um, in you know by the end of the week, we're going to have up uh, an actual special treat for everyone. Well, it's going to be a uh, page from Game Source devoted to everything Nintendo Quest, including some uh, exclusive material. Hopefully, in the future, that uh, both Rob and Jay will be able to provide for us. So we're looking forward to that. There's going to be a special page devoted to them and their whereabouts and what's not only what's going on in the film with them, um, which is going to be also transcribed on their site at uh, NintendoQuest.com, but also as well, um, there's going to be uh, a lot of other good things as well coming from for that page. And that's going to be 
uh, just probably in the next day or so, we're going to finalize that and have that up for you as well. Um, we got an, another great article coming on small game stores here uh, as far as them competing against GameStop and other large retailers here in this generation and how they do it. I uh, did extensive uh, time and research on it, uh, covering some stores here in the Valley, and I just wanted to be able to share that article with you. It's coming up very soon. I also posted an article today on the In Case You Missed It, to, in case you missed it page uh, about... Well, about Hitman and its prospect for this weekend. Uh, Josh, you uh, got a hankering to go see uh, Mr. Hitman, Agent 47, this weekend? I kind of do, actually. I, You know, unlike everybody else, you know, most of the other Hitman fans, I, I actually enjoyed the last movie. I thought Timothy Oliphant played a good uh, Agent 47, so I'm looking forward to this one. Well, uh, the previous one, which is supposedly not – it's not related to this current one coming out this weekend – uh, let me give you background on that one, uh, and probably the reason why another one was being made is, uh, you know, it was made under uh, about a $25 million budget, um, you know, maybe double that when you consider, as Rob always says, with advertising and things of that nature. But over the course of its lifetime, including DVD, Blu-ray sales, um, pay-per-views, things for that nature, it's actually garnered over $100 million, you know, which was thought initially to be a failure at the box office, actually turned out to do quite well for the company, uh, for, um, for the studio. And so they decided to recommission and reboot Hitman in this for- format. Um, I, I've been trying to reach out and, and uh, did some research. Um, the... The actual prognostications are for it to do probably somewhere around $10, $12 million. Maybe um, as far as it's concerned this weekend, straight out of Compton is still rocking it big, and I think it's still going to you know, be number one. But um, there, you know, Hitman could surprise some people as far as being able to do a little bit better than that. And actually, if it's you know, reviews okay uh, as an action flick, it could do rather well by the time its, it's run, run has ended. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, my hope is for that because, you know, the the actual video game movie uh, adaptations as a whole have been weak. And I'm also looking into doing a report on on what uh, video game ad- adaptations for the cinema are actually going to look promising uh, going forward. Because they're still, even though they're, they're, for the most part, most have been terrible, most have done awful um, there's still quite a few in development, and I'm looking forward to to finding out or had, you know taking a guess and writing down my thoughts on on what the future looks like uh, for some of those movies, and also yeah. getting some good feedback as well. So, you got Assassin's Creed coming out soon, Michael Fassbender. That's correct. Who hasn't played the game? Well, you know. Yeah, I guess that could be disastrous. Brian Singer never read a an X Men comic book when he first made the uh, original X Men movie, so that didn't turn out too well. Yes, you are correct on that. So, um, I uh, yeah, it just it, it's just hard. You know, we I've touched on the subject now for over a month. Uh, you know, I've had it in several interviews, and it, it's just. When people have to think about something as far as the the you know the best video game movie out there, and it, it just boggles the mind. I know uh, there were articles on the other 20th anniversary of the Mortal Kombat movie, and that it actually did very well, proportionate to its budget. 
but the movie as far as a quality concern is it's just not there but as a campy light-hearted popcorn flick you'd watch late at night yeah it's it's you know it's mortal Kombat, absolutely but to see an actual quality film being presented on the screen as as many other triple as you know many other triple a games would be uh represented on the screen that's still yet to happen in my estimation and my belief but uh you know like i said i'm going to research more into it hopefully i'll be able to uh provide uh um, our, you know, our audience that, that checks out our site at yourgamesource.com uh, with an analysis uh, of, of, you know, the future going forward for video game ad- adaptations. So, well, Josh, what, what do you think the problem is with? Uh, you think it's just that they don't have a respect for the source material? I mean, look at look at Fantastic Four. That's why it's failed three times to take off because the people making the film they they don't know anything about the comic book. I think it could be the same with people making you know, movies off video games too. I agree with you to a point. Um, but I also think it's an understanding of the fantastic four. Uh, I just think, I think the fantastic four, uh, the best you were going to go get out of the fantastic four has already happened to be quite honest with you. I think if you try to reboot them again in five, 10 years, and you put the best actors in the world on it. I, I still think there's a limitation and a ceiling on how high the actual film can go. I just think the the Fantastic Four series, um, it just does not have as high a ceiling as some other Marvel properties. And I think that that at some point in time, you're just going to have to relegate yourself, uh, uh, you know, to the fact, not yourself personally, but uh, 20th Century Fox, the fact that maybe they're better in as far as a, uh, uh, you know, auxiliary role or or not uh, you know starring in their own feature but pro you know doing something as far as being part of an ensemble so to speak i think that would make them look better as far as yeah. concerned. Well, um, if you if you what makes them so compelling is if you read them in the comic books what makes them so great is the way they interact with the rest of the marvel universe but you know being owned by fox they're pretty isolated from all that so there's not really besides you know interacting with the x-men there's not a lot they can do and that's true. And I understand that they are limited as far as doing, they want to try and milk anything out of it. But I just think they, you know, going in, they should, they should have realized that the fantastic four as a property is not popular enough to, to achieve that level of that status. You know, that's my own personal judgment. I just don't think there's enough fan uh, warned out there. Um, Ant-Man, which, you know, we talked about, it's going to probably do worldwide. I'm, I'm guesstimating, um, you know, looking off of boxofficemojo.com and other sites, boxoffice.com, it will probably do around this lifetime about $350 million, um, worldwide, which is going to be on the lower end of the actual cinematic universe, the recent Marvel Cinematic Universe. My My thing with that is, is that, if it had been its own property 10 years ago that came out, I don't think it would have even done that. I think it gained a lot of momentum because it was part of the universe. And it's every, you know, people that went to see it, not only I like the movie itself, but I see it as, you know, I know he's going to be part of this bigger ensemble. So I want to see his story and fold to, in order to do that. And I think the people, a lot of the people that did actually go see it was just for that purpose and not seeing, wanting to see Ant-Man as a whole. I just, I don't, I, I think he falls into that category as far as it's concerned of, of Marvel characters that on their own 
may not be able to achieve the level of status that that others are. Captain America was and Thor were also on that fringe as well at one time because their numbers uh, for their first features were not as uh, they're actually right around what what Ant Man is going to finish with, if I'm not mistaken. So, right. I mean, Josh, your thoughts? Am I wrong in that estimation? Am I wrong saying that? But I just I think some Marvel properties. Uh, are just not at the level of, of others when trying to reach to a general audience. And, you know, I know that's just me me saying something I've said ad nauseum about, you know, video games and, and superhero movies and as a whole. But when a movie or a video game is a hit, they are reaching a larger casual audience. And, and some of these characters within the universe are just not as as adapt as being able to connect with that audience. Yeah. I think that, you know, when it comes to Marvel movies, you have, you know, you have maybe three different types of fans. You have the people who go to see them because they feel obligated to the rest of the, you know, to see the rest of the Marvel universe movies. And then you have people who go in there just expecting, you know, explosions, robots blown up, you know, Ultron type action. And then, you know, you have those who are genuine fans. And I think what happened was with Ant-Man is people were going in, you know, they're expecting explosions and, and all kinds of, you know, storylines you don't have to pay attention to. But Ant-Man really, you know, had a lot of depth to it. So I think that, you know, that might have been why people didn't like it, because it was something they actually had to pay attention to. Well, I, I enjoyed the movie as a well. whole. I, I liked, uh, like I said, my wife and I both, we watched the film and, and we appreciated it that it was something different than what we had seen in the previous seven, eight films per oh, se. Yeah. And but yeah. um, I, I do know that that's that may have been also the reason why it had not it will not achieve that that upper echelon. Um, it maybe same thing might go for you know Doctor Strange, a Black Panther, uh, Captain Marvel. Those are three you know. Um, in my estimation, a fringe Marvel characters that that may or may not translate to a larger audience. Um, yeah. Also, as well, you know that's that's you and I have gone back and forth on Black Widow. I am um, had Black Widow had her own introduction movie. She might have been at that same level. If she does one now, I think it would be a lot bigger. You know, had had they, you know. If they're already set, and Marvel's already set as far as you know their their next few years are are out. But you know, going over it again, if, if they had a chance to do it over, seeing the popularity of her character, would they gone halfway through and say, you know what, maybe we could do our own movie? It would maybe reach you know five six hundred million worldwide because I think you know that translate into a little bit higher level not Iron Man level because Iron Man uh, three earned over a billion dollars at the box office but at least to a level that's higher than than um, I don't want to say lower ranked or lower lower tier Marvel Universe characters well what's happening is if you notice you know with Thor and Thor 2 when Thor 2 came out the numbers you know, they, the, the box office numbers increased from Thor 1, because I think a lot of these people, you know, they, they don't, they're introducing these heroes that not a lot of people know about. They, like, you know, like you said, Doctor Strange, for example, Ant-Man was a good example, too, but they're taking all these heroes, and, uh, you know, once people see them, and they see them in the Avengers movies, then they're, you know, they're more likely to go see a sequel. 
Well, when I uh, let me ask you this. So let's say it, they would go the traditional way as far as what they've done with, with both Ant-Man and Captain America, because you're right. The second versions of each were substantially uh, more profitable for them than previous the previous iteration. If an Ant-Man 2 came out, would it actually do that you know substantially better because both captain america uh and actually you know also as well thor too they both earn quite a bit more almost in some cases double what the the previous iteration did i personally don't see ant-man 2 doing that type of uh you know cash if a sequel would be made because i just think the appeal is there is limited for that character yeah well i because i think you know, once Ant-Man, it depends on the timing. Because one, if they were to make Ant-Man two before the release of Captain America: Civil War, which obviously they're not, but I don't think it would do so well. But both Thor and Captain America two, after they appeared together in the Avengers, and everyone saw their characters, and they're like, okay, yeah, well, I like them. So then they went and saw the the sequels. So I think once people see Ant-Man and Captain America three, then I think he has a pretty good chance of you know making more money in the box office were they to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 that's, that's a good point indeed. Well, uh, that was shown. Um, the footage for Captain America Civil War was shown, some of it at least, you know, a little tidbit, uh, was shown at D23, D23 at Anaheim, California. Um, as far as, you know, Disney for that whole weekend took over the world as far as the information it garnered out, um, as far as, you know, from additions to their theme parks, uh, rides to their theme parks, um, you know, additions to Disney Infinity, adding the Big Hero 6 world, which was, I think, uh, something completely out of left field. And actually, uh, looks, you know, for me, that's, uh, and my, and my kids, you know, obviously something that they could really get into, um, using, uh, Keyblade as far as concerned as a, uh, special unlockable character from the Kingdom Hearts series in, for Disney Infinity. That was actually very pleasant as well. Um, your thoughts, and then also, I can't not be remiss without seeing more, you know, saying more about the battlefront uh, footage that was there, uh, and also, you know, talking about uh, the, the plans for the, you know, the Star Wars series going forward. Uh, your thoughts on D23 um, and how Disney captured the imagination pretty much of the entire world for that uh, three-day period. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff at D23 this year. I I was pretty excited to hear about the expansion of Disneyland for the Star Wars land, but you know they, they're they're running out of room. So the question now is, where are they going to start putting all this stuff? They're going to have to start building up instead of <laughs> expanding well, out, and then also it's replacing out as well. You know, they talked yeah. about the Star Tours. They're going to add some additional footage from from uh, obviously the Force Awakens. But um, they're going to, I, I have a feeling they're just going to, in like, especially in the case of the Anaheim location, which they are, you know, even more restricted on space, um, you know, just build building as far as it's concerned, maybe taking something out of the California Venture or some other parts that are uh, a little bit uh, worn out as far as the age is concerned. I know they talked about, uh, you know, adding the Avatar ride, I believe in, was it Frontierland or Adventureland? Well, I thought it was at their their safari park. I thought that was where they adding the Avatar stuff. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. I know Iron Man is uh, that's going overseas, um, yeah. but 
And uh, I, I, my question to you is, you know, they announced the Star Wars land as far as it's concerned, which is going to be huge and massive, and it's going to actually get my interest in going back to Disneyland or Disney World. Um, my question to you is, at what point in time is Marvel? Marvel World. Got to do it. Got to do it. Yeah, well, because, you know, it's, it's really exciting. I'm sure they'll have a Marvel Land eventually, but with Star Wars, there's more, you know, there's more opportunities to make rides out of that. Because if you look at Marvel, the Iron Man ride, from what the concept art just shows, you're, you know, you're just flying alongside Iron Man. But, you know, with Star Wars, you can do, little, you know, there's little worlds to explore, like Star Tours. You know, you go around the galaxy, but what kind of ride, my question is, what kind of rides would you be able to make out of a Marvel Land? Well, I, I don't think, you know, Disney likes to go well beyond as far as create something as far as from a ride standpoint, unless it's a simulator or something like that using newer technology. Um, their traditional rides, they, you know, most, most for the most part, will probably just reskin them, uh, as we would say in the video game world, reskin them to, to have Marvel themes uh, and then just create a whole universe out of that, or at least a chunk of that space because you know there is such a demand you know for marvel products at this time yeah yeah that's that's true i mean because they already have what in that uh innovations they already have the you know the iron man suits and the captain america display that's correct uh i I don't know when their Sony deal expires with Spider-Man, but I, I know it, uh, believe before 2025 for Fox on the X-Men and also as well, Fantastic Four. So maybe they're waiting for that. You never know. You never know. It'd be nice to have them all under the same roof again. Uh, nice, nice for us. And definitely nice for Disney. Uh, believe me. I, I actually kind of uh, was worried when, when they both uh, bought both, Lucasfilm and Marvel, but uh, I I actually share a lot of enthusiasm as a lot of other people because I see what they're doing with those properties. They've doing they're doing excellent things so far with those properties. They're bringing back a lot of old games as far as it's concerned to the universe. Um, the PlayStation Four with Darth Vader is going to actually have some classic games bundled with it, along with Battlefront. So if you get that Battlefront PS4, you'll get some extra little treats. Uh, as far as it's concerned, you know, so, you know, games not seen since the uh, SNES era. So, it's uh, that's uh, uh, really a, a good thing to look forward to as well. Um, you said you don't have a PlayStation Four yet. Does uh, Darth Vader slapped on the side uh, might change that option? I know, I know. He's he's tempting me. <laughs> he's putting that Jedi mind trick on you. Bye, PS Four. But uh, needless to say, it was a very good showing at D23. Uh, very, very pleased to see uh, the attention that it's got. And um, it looks like it's a great thing that they're, they're you know, not separating all this stuff all over the place, over announcements, over they, they leave a lot for D23, but still have enough that they sprinkle into E3, still have enough that they sprinkle into Comic-Con. Uh, they don't shut those fans out. But they also make sure that they have a lot of good stuff that they announce specifically for their for their D twenty three audience. So it's a definitely for me a good thing to see. Uh, maybe you know might take a wander down there next year. You never know. But uh, let's move on because there's also another battle taking place that we need to address. I actually, saw two videos this uh, Monday that came out 
um, from both HD uh, Remasters of the Uncharted Collection and also as well um, the Gears of War. Well, the Gears of War Remastered. You're buying Gears of War Remastered. I'm buying Gears of War Remastered. Um, you're reviewing it from what you have indicated as well. So you tell me, you tell me, which is the better deal? The Uncharted Collection or Gears of War Remastered? Because I'm getting both. So, well, let's let's look at the value between them. Obviously, Uncharted is going to be the better deal because you're getting you know you're getting three games, whereas Gears of War you're getting one game you can play through in four or five hours. But you know, it's for nostalgia's sake. I'm I'm really excited about both of them. That that you know, Uncharted alone is tempting me to go out and buy a PlayStation. Uh, but, it's, uh, it's beautiful, and there's no multiplayer. They've taken the multiplayer out of it, but you will get the multiplayer beta for PS uh, for Uncharted Five uh, if you get that. Um, but I will say for the Gears is that you will get all four previous Gears of War iterations, um, the 360 iterations, uh, if you buy the actual Gears That's of War. Right. I forgot they announced that. Yeah. So, oh, so you forgot they announced it. So yeah, maybe yeah, going back, maybe going back. So you're I'll getting... you again. Ah, that's a tough one because uh, Gears of War is fun. I, I love Gears of War, but as far as narrative goes, I think, you you know, it depends on what you like. If you want a better narrative, obviously you're going to want Uncharted, but if you want, you know, something you can play, one of those games you can play through four or five hours and just not have to think about anything, Gears of War is your game. I, I kind of agree with you there. I do like the fact that the multiplayer will, there will be kept in, intact. I understand for a lot of people the Uncharted series, um, the multiplayer was not not something they were truly interested in. Uh, they were missing out on number two, uh, but really on number three, the Uncharted, um, number three, Drake's Deception, uh, the multiplayer was actually very, very, very strong. Uh, I held it up at the time against uh, almost any multiplayer that was out there because I thought it was really, really a lot of love put into it. And I'm hoping they'll do the same once Uncharted 4 comes out early next year. But uh, we'll, uh, so we'll see. They're both going to be uh, decent values um, for, for what you get. So we look forward to both coming out. I know you're reviewing it, so we'll look forward to that review when you uh, get ready to send it to us. And we'll slap it on our site, yourgamesource.com. And speaking of uh, gaming systems and the HD remaster Gears of War, which is going to be on the Xbox One, earlier this month they had a great, great showing at Gamescom, which was made even greater for them because A, Nintendo wasn't there, and B, Sony wasn't there. So, while they weren't really there in abundance and they did not have press conferences to make and announce really much of uh, anything, uh, unlike Xbox One, which had a uh, very, very nice showing with their press conference. So I ask you, Josh, uh, what things coming out of Gamescom were, were interesting for you from the Xbox One, since you have an Xbox One? And then uh, do you think that momentum that they, can't, that they are coming out of with Gamescom uh, will lead them this, this holiday uh, to the number one spot? But then uh, we got to remember, though, that um, Paris Week in late October, uh, Sony will be there, and they also doing their PlayStation Experience in December as well. Nintendo is Nintendo, and I'm sure they'll make some good announcements right around Super Mario Maker, uh, which is really looking like a good game as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, from GamesCon, let's, 
I feel like I'm the only person in the world that's excited for Halo Wars 2. Everyone I've talked to, they're like, yeah, I didn't really like the first one, but I, I loved it. That was, uh, that was a great game. I could play that over and over. And uh, Well, the you know, live far- crowd was really into it. I, I remember the, the applause for that. Uh, it sold, I believe at the time, well over 2 million copies. So, I mean, for a lot of other titles, that would be great numbers. I understand for Halo that that would be on the fringe of whether or not they would want to renew it. Uh, or make a sequel to that uh, the, that series, but uh, you know, from from an RTS standpoint, uh, it is one of the best made for consoles. And uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, RTS fans should be excited for that game coming out. Oh yeah, because I mean, I just you know, you didn't see a lot of hype over it on the internet. You saw a lot of hype over Call of Duty and you know, uh, Scalebound and uh, Quantum Break. But those games actually look really good. Not. You know, I'm not a huge Call of Duty fan, but Scalebound and Quantum Break, uh, Quantum Break, I'm actually really looking forward to. Uh, for me, Scalebound was uh, aesthetically not what I what I, you know. I, th- I think if the four player co op with dragons is able to work, I think that's gonna gonna make it back for me on that side. It was kind of uh, the visuals did not uh, really you know grab me in any way. Um, but, uh, as far as the kooky characters concerned, seem, seem too much in the realm of trying to be too much like a final fantasy in from that realm, but, uh, scale bound, if you're able to do four, four player co-op, co-op with the dragons, like supposedly they're saying, and they showed it and teased it at the end, then obviously that, that will make a lot of difference, uh, with a lot of people's minds. As far as quantum break, you know, how they're going to integrate the TV show, that they're actually making specifically for the game that you unlock during the game. Uh, as I know that's a key, but it looked for me as far as the footage that you were well, you're way overpowered uh, to me that you would just be, be able to stop time, slow time down and just literally obliterate all your, your, uh, you know, your enemies to make it to me that I don't know. Does that put it on the, you know, too easy side does that make you too it's almost not a god mode per se but close to it it seemed like it at times to me when i was watching the footage yeah i mean i think the footage looks really good it kind of like as far as like what he can do it do you, do you remember a game on xbox 360 called time shift uh yes i do okay so it's like that so the second you know you start dying you just freeze time you just blow everybody away and then you put time back to normal again so i hope it's not you know that easy but you know, maybe if you change the difficulty modes, it'll be a little uh, more challenging. I hope so as well. I hope so as well. Uh, for me, you know, obviously the footage from Rise of the Tomb Raider, uh, that was uh, something uh, to look forward to. It's looking better. So I still think I'm kind of not sure on the fence if it's actually going to be released this year. I'm still thinking that might that might smell like a delay there. But uh, we'll see. Um you know anything else from from Gamescom that you feel that's going to push the Xbox One over the top, or do you think it is going to be still over the top, or do you think Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars Battlefront's affiliation with the PlayStation might be too much? That's yeah, that's that's a good question. Because there are other games coming out, you know, in the holiday season besides Battlefront. So, you know, as far as the other games at Gamescom, I've I've already pretty much been sold on most of them, anyways. So. As far as uh, you know, the holiday season goes, you, it, it just you know, there's it depends on what you, what you want to play. Obviously, people are going to buy Uncharted. You know, they have PlayStation, but it it just depends on what console you favor. 
But then again, I well, that's why I want to say. I'm forgive me for interrupting. I just it's because PlayStation doesn't have that. You know, I, I know at Gamescom they really wanted to emphasize that they have these four, you know, foundational pieces to their success story this holiday season. Whereas PlayStation has the Uncharted collection, and you know, I can't really say Battlefront because Battlefront's going to be on PC and Xbox One. So I understand that that they're trying to promote it as something that that leans towards them. I understand that Call of Duty with the DLC uh, now shifting first to PlayStation is going to make things a little bit more receptive on that end, but. Uh, you know, th- let me just say this: if if the if the PlayStation Four still comes out on top this holiday season as the number one console, that really is going to tell me something uh, as far as pe- the gamers are their people's choices as far as which console they truly truly value and see as a better option. Well, as as far as like you know, this game comes out on this console first. I don't really think that's gonna do anything for sales. I mean, because you know, if if a game if you have to wait an extra like you know month or two to play a, a, a game that you want to play, it, you're not gonna go out and spend four hundred dollars on a console unless you you know you bleed money or something. No, but you know, in the case of Rise of Tomb Raider, if it comes out when it's supposed to come out, there will be a year uh, passing between. Uh, being you know an Xbox as an Xbox One exclusive, um, that's different than say the week or two wait you would have to wait as an Xbox One owner for DLC for Call of Duty, um, or any other you know slight DLC delay. Uh, whoever has a deal like that, um, I just there is no better time for the Xbox One to make oh. a to make a dent in the marketplace because next year it will be more competitive as far as offerings from both part, all three parties, I should say, because Nintendo, whether it's the Wii U, um, maybe Zelda will be out by that time or be coming out by next, next holiday or the NX or whatever. I think Nintendo actually have a, a more fair offering next year as well. But the, you know, I, I, there is no better time for the Xbox one in my opinion. And if they don't, if they don't come out on top this holiday season, um, you know, they're still making a profit from it, obviously, and they're still selling units in, in abundance. But, you know, the idea, physical idea of, of being number one, not only has it's just from a visual standpoint and, a, you know, from a interest standpoint amongst the, the, the audience out there, but also as well from the fact that, hey, you know, they're number one. They can tout it. PlayStation's been, been number one virtually every month except for one this year. Um, and if they were able to hold out on top again, that to me, without a without a really core piece of the puzzle that's truly their own, because you can't say until dawn, you can't say uh, you know some of the other uh, downloadable games that they're going to be exclusives that they have, just an actual exclusive title, AAA title that they're bringing out that's going to you know be able to that they can showcase compared to Xbox One I just think it's uh, right now if they can if Xbox One cannot overcome this 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 holiday that that tells me a lot oh yeah for sure cuz they, they you know they they're in the favorite spot right now no doubt no doubt indeed but uh well, Josh, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, any last plugins for for Vendetta Dark or, or anything of that nature? So, 
uh, tell me what's uh, going on with the world of Josh Peterson uh, before we head on out. Uh, working on my next book. I'd appreciate it. You know, anyone who still wants to go out and purchase Vendetta Dark, I always appreciate feedback on that. I'm doing a, uh, working on a short film right now, which I'll be able to tell everyone more about soon. Um, weren't that, did you want to talk about Star Wars Rogue One? Oh, absolutely! I always want to talk Star. Before we get on now, Star Wars Rogue One, you're, and then also the you know the Han Solo uh, in development. You know the Boba Fett story. Um, these are not the Bothans that died carrying these plants because that was from uh, Return of the Jedi. These are this is, takes place um, between episodes three and four, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Correct. So tell me. Tell me uh, your thoughts on the cast that was recently revealed uh, for Star Wars Rogue One, which just went into production, I think, last week, if I'm not mistaken. Not a lot of uh, well-known actors there, but two words, Donnie Yen. I'll, I'll go see that, you know, to see Donnie Yen go toe-to-toe with a, with a Sith Lord, I, I'm there. I'm, I'm sold. He was in the Raid Redemp- uh, Redemption, correct? He was, uh, he was the Raid. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was in that, and he was in It Man, uh, the the It Man movies where he played Bruce Lee's teacher. Ah, okay. Legend of the Fist. Fair enough. Um, I will tell you, you know, I, I've I've watched martial arts movies for, for you know, well, okay, more years than I care to actually say on screen, but. Uh, back in the old days, watching it on uh, the local station on, on Saturday nights. But anyways, I watched The Raid, the first, and that was the best martial arts movie I've ever seen. Oh, Bruce Lee movies, uh, you know, uh, uh, that just hands down to me. I mean, am I wrong in the saying that, how great a film that was? Uh, I know, the action's nonstop. Like, you you know, even if the, the lip, you know, dubbing bothers you, just, it, it's a it's a visual feast. I just I put that on I when I first watched it because I watched it. It was what down off home video and whatnot. It it had been out already over a year or whatnot, and I just had it you know hooked up on the surround sound and the music with that the theme. This that's one of those movies that really just gets it's great and then it goes even greater with that music that it that had you know just matched every every beat, every uh, blow by blow and it's just, just uh, Great experience. The sequel I watched, and I uh, was not as thrilled. Uh, there are some slow points because they tried to go ahead and put more of a story and inject more of a story in there, and I think that was uh, to their detriment. But it was still, uh, you know, more than passable as far as from an action point. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad he's in the film. I wonder if there's going to, you know put because that uh, a lot of martial arts or what exactly he will be doing in the film it's uh up for speculation um but uh, i'm glad uh you know star wars rogue one is all these star like i said disney is now taking people can say commercializing whatever lucasfilm was all about com- commercializing everything this is just taking it up a notch higher and they're just you know trying to get back their four billion worth and, and doing whatever they can to do it and they're creating a lot of good projects and having a lot of good ideas with it so your final thoughts on rogue one uh i'm i'm really curious more than anything they didn't give away a lot of details about it so it's you know they, what they did say is that this crew would be trying to steal plans for the death star so it, you know, obviously, from a new hope, they didn't succeed. So it, it, it'll be 
interesting to see how this plays out. Absolutely. And uh, I bet you, I'm going to say right now, first trailer, Super Bowl. Super you Bowl. think so? If it falls in line, it's what, six months? Give or take? Yeah. Maybe sooner. They may do December, you know, obviously for The Force Awakens. Uh, and that also makes sense because, tra- you know, obviously they can create a trailer within, what, maybe a month of shooting. They can create enough for a trailer. I mean, they, they you know, what, Civil War has been in, in production, what, two, three months, and yet they created, you know, a lot of footage for there. So be that as it may, I, I, yeah, if they don't do it for The Force Awakens, then I'd say the best – and when you have the most eyes watching is uh is definitely a, a super bowl. Yeah. Yep. And Disney uh certainly can you know, they've got a little bit of cash. I think they can pay for it. So. Yeah, it's like they can't afford the you know three million to show their commercial. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. They'll just raise the park, you know, rates a little bit higher. It's over a hundred now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> not like not like they care anything on that. Funny, so. funny fact though, it's actually uh you know, now it's almost cheaper that for SeaWorld, it costs almost $90 to get into the park for the day, but you can pay $120 to go to both parks at Disney. That is correct. Uh, and actually is around a hundred. Um, but I know SeaWorld has been because of the issues with, uh, their, um, well, Blackfish that CNNU was like running every weekend and the ne- negative issues from there. I know their profits were down almost a hundred percent. Uh, in the last quarter, I just I just was reading up on that because we went to SeaWorld, um, and I know that they're, they're trying to make a lot of deals. Um, Legoland, get this: Legoland is is just as expensive as uh, Disneyland. So you know what? I'm not gonna. I don't want to smack Disneyland because uh, you know when Star Wars Land is there, guess what? We're there. Yeah, yep. I agree. Yep. You and I will be waiting those two and a half hour lines. Right. And that's just to get cotton candy. But anyway, <laughs> be that as it may, uh, once again, thanks for joining us, being part of the podcast. Uh, if you get a chance, and here's the plug time, got to go ahead first off and give a shout out again to Josh. Vendetta Dark, got to give it a chance. Check it out. Vendetta Dark on either Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You get it. It's it's inexpensive and it's a great read and you'll enjoy it. I, I trust me on that. Uh, second of all, you got to go see our friends Rob and Jay at NintendoQuest.com. Um, we're going to obviously build our own page for them, but if you really want the latest and greatest on what's going on with their movie, where it's playing at, and how you you can actually request through Tug.com, um, you know how to get a screening in your city. Just go ahead and check it out, NintendoQuest.com. Always want to give a shout-out to those guys because they give us some love back. And then, hey, YourGamesHorse.com. Uh, we've got you know over 100 podcasts. We've got, as well, our YouTube page, GameSource, which has over 500 videos. Uh, Aaron and I just posted videos, gameplay videos this week. Um, we go at GameSource on Twitter. If you always want to shout out a message to us, we got over a thousand followers there. We need more followers. We just so because we, you know, if you follow us on Twitter or you follow us on on GameSource at Facebook, you will get the latest news right to you, right on your newsfeed. It's right there. All the latest and greatest happenings in the video game world. 
and we just get it from all over. We're the leading aggregate site in the world. Well, okay, Yahoo may may want to say that they're put their two cents in, but you know what? We will put our two cents in as well. We provide thousands and thousands and thousands of stories that we have posted on the video game world over the past six years, and we are just going to keep on doing it because we want you to be informed on what's going on in the video game scene. And then we have our own unique views. Our reviews just had reviews up from from myself. Um, also as well, got Rob coming out with one very shortly. Uh, we've had, like I said, Doug from Metro City Games, uh, Angry Nick. Uh, you know, we've had quite a few people share their reviews on some of the latest games as well. Um, if you really want to, you know, interested in uh, writing stories and writing reviews, hey, send us a line, info at yourgamesource.com. Always want to, make, you know, add people to the team. Josh has been great since he's joining us. And I'm sure, you know, you know, he'll tell you that that it's been, a, you know, hopefully a great experience so far. I'm keeping my fingers crossed when I say that. But um, just want to, you know, if you're interested in being a part of the team, info at yourgamesource.com. Uh, like I said, we're going to cover the GameStop convention next month. We're li- really looking forward to that. Hopefully, going to get some great interviews for you and great some some get get some great footage. And then also as well, hey, it's just us. Yourgamesource.com. Read my in case you missed it page. Um, well, not my in case you missed it page, but yourgamesource.com in case you missed it page because I had a great article there on Hitman Agent Forty Seven, the movie that Josh said he's going to go see. And I'm sure he's going to give good feedback on it as well. We'll be there. And if he doesn't like it, he will give you that feedback as well. We will. <laughs> In spades. Well, my friend, I appreciate you being on the podcast tonight. Um, to, all, to all of those out there that uh, watched, listened, and then also as well, any way you get to see us, get to read us, get to listen to us. Thanks so much from your friends at yourgamesource.com. This is Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, and it's been another beautiful day in paradise. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content all here at yourgamesource.com.